This is episode 257, Breaking the Silence About Child Abuse with Bianca. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today is a heavier show, and it's an incredibly important show. We've had a lot of heavy topics on this show, but especially this year. 2020 has brought us 2020 vision. It's brought us clarity, and a lot of the things that we are seeing more clearly are pretty evil and pretty ugly. And One of the things that I've been paying more and more attention to is human trafficking, most of which is child sex trafficking. And although this coaching call with the very brave Bianca isn't specifically about child trafficking, because luckily for Bianca, it never got to that point, but in her life, there was a lot of abuse and some grooming, and so many of those things are what leads to sex trafficking for children. In fact, 42% of trafficked children are recruited by their families. So this is not just a outside the home event. In fact, so often it starts inside the home. So just to give you some statistics here, and I've gone down the rabbit hole of this and encourage you to do the same but do more than that and get involved somehow. And I will give you some options for that as well. Right now in the U.S., 800,000 children go missing every year. That's roughly 2,000 per day. That's according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And I even wonder if the numbers are higher. During COVID, child abuse and domestic violence has skyrocketed. The numbers keep going up and often, like I was saying, it's in homes where there's child abuse that often leads to a child being trafficked or exploited in some way. And with school not being in session and children having less access to people like teachers, coaches, those running daycare and aftercare programs, less child abuse cases are being caught because over two thirds of all child abuse cases are caught and reported by people in contact with those children. 80% of victims are female. The average age of a trafficking victim is 12, but it goes way, way even younger than that, even babies. 99% of victims are never rescued, 99%. Every 30 seconds, another person is trafficked. 38% of convicted traffickers are women. And 2 million children are exploited into the sex trade each year. Every year, human trafficking generates around $150.2 billion. And this is going on right in your neighborhood. (laughs) It's been reported in all 50 states in the U.S. It's very, very big in the U.S. I know I have listeners across the world, but the majority of you are in the U.S. So this is happening on our land and it's definitely our problem. And what's infuriating 
is that the media isn't reporting this, not accurately, barely at all. Twitter and Facebook are suppressing and deleting accounts with the Save the Children tag. So many amazing advocates that have been getting information out have been silenced. And I'm just, you know, I have somebody who is impersonating me on Twitter and is posing as a quote unquote sugar mama. She's using, it's probably a man. Well, I don't want to assume that, but he, she is using all of my pictures and is following very young men and is exploiting them for money. And many of you have messaged Twitter about it because I've asked you to on Instagram. I've messaged them. They're doing nothing about it, but they're going and banning accounts that are trying to get information out there about helping these children. Again, 99% of victims are never rescued. Why? Not enough people get involved. Law enforcement is something that you have to go proactively look for since so many of these crimes aren't reported. Law enforcement has to go and dig for these. And so it takes outside organizations like Our Rescue, which is one of my favorites, to fund and get the manpower to go after a lot of these evil people. And I know that so many people that are sex traffickers, pedophiles, they were hurt children. However, my compassion (laughs) doesn't extend too far to people that are exploiting other human beings. It's an evil thing that needs to be stopped. And that needs to be one of our priorities, at least from my point of view. And I think so many of you will agree with that. And I wanted to share all of this. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while and I'm still educating myself and finding the partnership and allies that I want to align with. A portion of our inner child workshop, the one in August, will be donating to organizations that are really doing incredible work about rescuing these children. And I'm going to bring some experts on to talk about this as well, because we need to know We need to know these kids can't save themselves and we need to stop the cycle of abuse that happens so that this doesn't perpetuate because a lot of times what happens is kids that were trafficked then move into that more kind of pimp role and it just becomes just a devastating cycle. So this call with Bianca inspired it because and you'll hear, we we talked about a lot and I didn't dig too deep because this was the first time she was talking about a lot of this. And intuitively, I felt that there was more that happened in her home than we discussed, both because of some clues that she gave and also because, you know, she said that there's a lot she didn't remember. And like I said, intuitively, I was also feeling it big time, but I really wanted to respect where she was and not go too deep. Uh, but you can you can see in the call, and I'll talk about more of this after I break down the call, that even though she was subjected to some pitiful, awful, horrific parenting, she still loves and wants to protect them, which is why, well, one of the reasons why so many of these kids get stuck in this cycle, because they don't know how to turn their parents in. They don't want to turn their parents in because it's this weird relationship where they they love the parent or the person that they trust. They know something's wrong, but they don't want to betray them for fear that they're going to get in trouble or because, you know, they love and protect their parents. It's It's natural for a kid to want to love their parents. So it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And Bianca is such a light and such a love and I hope that you receive a lot from this call today. 
So as you're listening, consider, were you raised in what you know or think was an abusive environment, but since you have no to very little memories, you doubt it or even minimize it? Do you have sexual anxiety? Is it hard for you to feel relaxed when it comes to sex or even someone being affectionate touching you? Do you tend to dissociate from your body? Have you ever wondered if it's because something not so right happened to you when you were a kid? Has there been someone in your life who you love a lot, like a parent, who's also hurt you and so it's hard for you to actually face the pain because you love the person that hurt you and you want to protect them? And did what I share about child abuse and sex trafficking, human trafficking rattle you? Are you feeling called to get involved and be part of the movement to save the children from these horrific acts? I hope so. And I'll give you some more resources at the end of the call. So keep all these things in mind, take a deep breath. And just as you're listening to this call, send love to Bianca and send love to anyone who has been the victim of any kind of abuse. And now on to my call with Bianca. Bianca, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hello. Um, basically, I have some sexual anxiety that I need help with. Okay. Well, I'll do my best. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about where that's coming from? Um, I've basically had um, anxiety around sex like my whole life. Um I never really knew where it came from until something happened pretty recently where I was kind of faced to relive the trauma again. And I didn't really know there was trauma around that situation until I relived it, I guess. And yeah, it kind of really traumatized me all over again. <laughs> it's mm. like reliving it. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I know it's it's hard to talk about traumatizing things. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you feel comfortable sharing with me that will give me a little bit of information so I can help you as best I can? Um, well, I'm ready to go deep with it. Okay. (laughs) I can share a lot. Okay. (laughs) So basically I kind of found, I basically found out that my parents have been grooming me. Um, I don't think it's intentional. Maybe it is. I, I'm trying to see the best out of them. Um, but yeah, so they basically like the, they used to like tickle me and, um, and do like make sexual comments. And, um, my father used to hit me, um, like punch me in the stomach, slap me in my face. Mm. Um, any of everything, the worst thing possible (laughs) pretty Mm. much. And so I didn't really, see it as a problem or as something that was that was an issue until I saw that my mom had um been around it as well and that happened kind of recently as well and yeah I I don't know how to explain this very well it's okay it's okay it's not your job to explain it if you don't mind I'll just ask you some questions because I know this is really hard and I appreciate you sharing it so when you say your mom had been around it, what's the it you're referring to? Um, well, long story short, my I went up for my sister's 18th birthday and she had a, um, a few friends over. My mom had some friends over. Um, things got a bit out of control um, with alcohol and um, I think she was under the influence of drugs and she was getting – people to touch my sister inappropriately and 
And that kind of, that situation there really brought up a lot of, like it reminded me of, because I had lost a lot of memory um, from Mm -hmm. when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, when that happened, it kind of brought back all those memories and all those emotions and everything just like kind of flooded back. And I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I, I obviously stopped the people from touching my sister because I, I'm old enough now to realize that that's not okay. Um, but when I was younger, I didn't know that. So I feel like I have a really good opportunity right now to do something about it, but I just don't know what to do. Well, yeah. So just take a breath for a moment. Okay. And as you're breathing, you can even close your eyes if you want, because I imagine even talking about this rattles your nervous system a bit or even a lot. And there's a few things I want to say to you. First of Mm -hmm. all, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you and your sister got robbed of your innocence in your childhood and were abused and treated in quite frankly, disgusting ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to say to you that if you didn't really realize it till later, that's very Mm -hmm. normal as well, because whatever we're immersed in, in our childhood, we think is normal. So you're realizing it at the perfect time. And the other thing I'll say now, and of course we'll talk more is this is big trauma. And I think because you've been for lack of a better word, used to a lot of, again, for lack of better words, fucked up shit. Yeah. Your tolerance is pretty high for it. Yeah. And so the phase that you may be in right now is finally starting to feel it all. And you don't have to go back and relive trauma to be able to heal it. But an important piece is going back and being with the parts that were so scared and so angry and allowing them to express themselves. And, you know, you said something that raised a red flag in me. It's, which was, I really want to see the good in my parents. Uh, I don't think this is the time to be looking for that. And no, no, no. Why do you say that? Why do you think I say that? Um, I think because maybe I should be starting on myself first. Do you think like, like focusing on myself and healing, healing myself? Yeah. And part of your healing might be getting really, really, really angry at them. Yeah. What they did was wrong. What they did and continue to do is wrong. And who knows how many other, are there other children in their life? Are they involved in, or is it mainly just you and your sister? It's mainly me and my sister, I think, as I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's enough. One is more than enough. Yeah. And often what can happen, especially if our abuser is someone we know and love, like our parents, we can minimize the evilness of it 
And we can Mm -hmm. want to get to forgiveness because it's almost too hard to process that your own parents would do something that hurt you like this. Yeah. Now, just as a quick aside, we can Mm -hmm. look at their upbringing, their background, their addictions, and it may, I don't know, explain some of it, but Bianca, it doesn't justify it. It doesn't make it right. Yeah at all. And so the person yeah. that needs compassion right now is you. It's yeah. you. And let me just ask you a couple like more technical questions. Have you filed any kind of report and have you no. gotten okay. <laughs> and what's keeping you from doing that? I don't want to lose my parents. I know that sounds really I guess fucked up, but I don't want to I don't want to hurt anyone either. Like, I know they've hurt me, but I just don't want to, I want to help them. Like, I, like I want, yeah, I want, to, I want to change them, not change them, but help them become a better person or help them become aware of what they're doing because I don't think really they're aware of it. Maybe they are, but I don't know. Okay. What have I told you that's probably not possible? Um, that would be very hard. Why would that be hard? Because they're my parents. Well, they are two people that biologically created you, but they don't sound like parents to me. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I know it's hard. I know it's, it's a lot and I'll... I think that my own mama bear is coming out and I'll be a little gentler, (laughs) but just know this is coming from just a protective part of me that, um, is, is definitely feeling anger towards your parents. Of course I can get to the part in me that can look and see they're probably had a very wounded childhood. However, again, like we can't give people, blanket forgiveness and allow them back into our life just because we have compassion for what they went through as kids. You know, when people are abusive and predatory, like your parents have been, they have Mm -hmm. to have their come to Jesus moment. Like you can't rehabilitate them. And that's coming from the part of you, the traumatized abuse part that is so, so committed to somehow, some way making mom and dad love you because you never really felt, I'm sure there were moments, but in terms of feeling really safe, like really, really safe. Like when we are truly loved, we feel safe. Yeah. When there's, when we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, when we don't know what's going to happen next. And when we're abused and you're more than abused, you were groomed to be abused by others. Then that's, that's devastating. Yeah. And, and honestly wrong. Yeah. So it is my other question. Mm -hmm. What kind of therapy have you had around this? None. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely none. And how old are you now? 25. 25. Is that something that you are open and willing to do? 
Oh, definitely. It's affecting everything at the moment. My my relationship, especially as it would, <laughs> um, just like my fears around sex, my fears around exploring myself even, um, it's, yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I can imagine everything's going to feel hard given what you've been through. And this mm-hmm. isn't something that you can go through alone or read a couple books or talk to me for 30 minutes on a podcast and get to the other side of like, I think, you know, I can completely understand that there's a part of you that just wants this to be over and doesn't want to relive it. But trauma, especially the kind of trauma you experience from physicals to sexual, to emotional, to mental abuse, it, it, it's, it requires a depth of healing that, um, so can you feel in your body how much hurt you've endured? Yes. In my chest. Okay. And what does it feel like? It just feels like, like I want to cry. Usually Mm -hmm. when I meditate, it comes up a lot and it's, I just cry (laughs) uncontrollably. Yeah. Of course you do. Sometimes good tears, but sometimes bad as well. Yeah. Well, and one of the many things I just so see in you and appreciate in you is you have such a sweet, gentle spirit. And that's a beautiful thing. That's the essence of who you are. And be mindful that there's also a fierce warrior woman in you. And we want to find her too, who's like, you know what? That was fucked up. That was wrong. And I'm going to not sugarcoat it and trying to find the blessing in it and Mm -hmm. try to, you know, redeem my parents in some way. I'm going to become, you know, the, the mother to this little girl that I never had and become so committed to my healing. And that requires actually honoring everything that you went through and getting some professional help. Like I don't, you live in Brisbane, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll look at some resources too. I mean, it's, it's sex trafficking, child pornography. All of this is very much in the collective right now. It's sort of up and it's being more and more and more exposed, which is again, disgusting and infuriating and, it's great that it's coming up. So I'll do some research as well. And I encourage you to do some research to see if there are some places in Brisbane that specifically specialize in sexual abuse and even work with survivors who were Mm. basically groomed. Yeah. Have you looked into that that at all? Pardon? Have you looked into that at all? I have. Um, I just find it really hard to to sit down in a like in a room and and talk to someone that I, I guess I'm doing that right now. <laughs> but yeah. um, but I find it really hard to do that, especially when I don't sometimes don't like the approach that therapists and stuff like that go. What don't you like? They're just not very like I guess compassionate, even though. Mm. I feel like they should be, especially Mm -hmm. with this kind of situation. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because I've I've seen a therapist uh, like years ago, and it just yeah, it didn't go anywhere. So, mm. well, I I'm so sorry you had that experience, and you're absolutely absolutely correct with this yeah. type of thing. So much okay. compassion is required. You need a yeah. mix of compassion and fierceness. You know, someone who can hold that space of being so, so, so compassionate with you and also has the, the fierceness and the trauma-informed training. Yeah. Because there's only, so far, I could even take you because I don't have the skill and education and training that I would want to have to be able mm-hmm. to truly serve you at the level that you need to be served. And Bianca, that doesn't mean, oh my gosh, you're like so messed up. And I'm not saying that at all. You've just been through some very specific things that require a very specific type of practitioner who has both the skill set and the training and also the heart. And given everything that you've been through, you need to feel safe. Yeah. You you need to feel safe that you could sit there and cry the whole time and all the therapist does is say, it's okay. Let it out. I'm here. That's a successful therapy session. Yeah. That would be successful to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that first of all, it was very courageous of you to come on the podcast. And I think that just in doing that, you're starting to shift the energy inside of you to be more open and receptive to the right kind of practitioner coming in. And up until, you know, now in a lot of ways, you were kind of prioritizing your parents and making them better instead of you. Yeah. Yeah, I do do that. Yeah. And do Mm. you truly, truly, truly know? And it's okay if you say no. Mm-hmm. Do you know deep down in every ounce of your being that none of this was your fault? Um, the fact that I'm I'm questioning it makes me say no now. <laughs> but I used mm. I did think yes. I, I I thought that it wasn't my fault. It was my parents. Um, but now I'm, I question it. <laughs> what makes you question it? I guess maybe the way I I go about it. I should have. I feel like I should have spoken to them about it or approached them. Uh, yeah, I should have said something, but mm. I didn't. What would you have said? Um, as a kid or now? Well, let's do both. Let's do as a kid first and then let's do now. Okay. Uh, as a kid, I probably would just, I, <laughs> well, this is, bringing back like a really specific memory but mm. I think I'd just cry like because <laughs> that's all I could do yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but now I would definitely I would I would definitely have the balls to confront them and say well, why why are you doing this <laughs> yeah like it's just not right <laughs> yeah what else um, a little part of me also would say that I still love them, but I don't know if I could ever forgive them. Yeah. I hear you. I get that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, 
that's, that's not the highest priority right now. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually maybe you'll get to a place where you'll forgive them in terms of you've really processed a lot of the anger and you don't want to carry that around inside of you anymore. But right yeah. now, you know, at the beginning of really dealing with this trauma, from my point of view, forgiveness would be bypassing a lot of the things that need to be addressed first. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What are you feeling now? I feel a lot lighter, actually. Why do you think that is? I just feel, because I just feel more, like, open to it, open to what has happened and accepting it and just, yeah, looking to move on now. Yeah, we'll move through it. Yeah. Yeah. Move through it. This isn't something that you can just kind of go, well, that was in the past, you know? This isn't some person that ghosted you in dating and you can just go, oh, well, that wasn't a fit. Moving on. This is deep, yeah. deep betrayal by the two people that are supposed to keep you safe and love yeah. you most. It's such betrayal. Yeah. And again, I'm so, so sorry that you've had to go through this and know that there is absolutely 100% a way to heal it. And I encourage you to, you know, in your on social media and which can be great in so many ways, follow other survivors, read their stories, be inspired. And who knows, you know, no obligation, no pressure. Maybe someday you'll be a voice for people. And I would love to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you absolutely can be. And the highest priority right now is Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Is you. And then I'd also add your sister. She's still living with your parents? Yeah, she's living with my mom at the moment. Is there any way you can get her out of there? Um, I've been trying. She's she's kind of in a stage where she's she's just ignoring that it's happened and hoping that things will get better on its own. But that's yeah. not the case. <laughs> Do you think she'd listen to this? Definitely. I want her to listen to this. Okay. Well, what would you mind telling me her name? Alexi. So Alexi, if you're listening, just know that it's probably not going to change. If it hasn't changed in 18 years, it's probably not going to change. <laughs> There's nothing you did wrong. There's nothing you did to deserve this. And it's time for you to get out of the house. You don't owe your parents anything. And it's your parents' job to take care of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And just know, Bianca, that you're not responsible for her either. As much as yeah. she's your big, your, her big sister, do what you can to get her out of there. Because it does not yeah. sound like a safe environment at all, is there? Are there any other, and I know you're 25, you're an adult, but I mean older, like in their 40s, adults in your life or people that you trust? Uh, 
forties or thirties, fifties, thirties. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who? Uh, how do I explain this? My ex's sister and okay. her partner. Do they know what's going on? A little bit of it. Okay. Yeah. So, it, and you trust them? Yeah, I do. Okay. So my, you need, you need a team here. You need some allies. This is too much to try to do on your own. Okay. And I'm just trying to be so independent and try and oh, do it sweetheart. on my own. Sweetheart, <laughs> please don't try to be independent. That's like the last thing you need to be right now. What you, what okay. I, okay. I would give you another intention of I'm working to be healed. Right. And you need support and that doesn't make you weak at all. In fact, it takes great strength to be vulnerable and ask for help. Yes. So if you trust yes. these, this couple, I would reach out to them, tell them everything mm-hmm. and say, you know, I, I need, I need help. Like, would you be willing to help me find the right program, the right therapist and talk to them about the situation your sister is in? Yeah. Because yeah, I could do that. you need some other grownups on your side here and some support and you're in a relationship now. Yes, I am. And is that, tell me about that. Well, we're very happy together. Um, however, the sexual anxiety, um, she's quite uh, like a hypersexual person and I'm very much the opposite. <laughs> so yeah. just trying to find that balance with each other is quite difficult and it's is kind of a strain on our relationship. What sometimes. do you mean hyper, he's a hypersexual person? Uh, like he's just very, well, he's, he's just more sexual than like any other guy that I've been with. <laughs> um, what does that mean? So like he'll, uh, I guess it's just, uh, how do I, like he's more, he'll like walk past me and like, put his arms around me and like kiss my neck or something like that. And, or like, like put his hand on my butt, um, every Mm -hmm. now and then, or um, a lot of the time. And I love that he does that stuff. It's not bad, but it's just something that I'm uncomfortable with because it's. Is he, is he affectionate and loving with you without it turning sexual? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. So this is, um, and I don't know how much he knows, but it's sort of like asking someone who just broke both their legs to run a marathon. Right. Given what your, do you mean by that? Given your past mm-hmm. and what you've been through, expecting you to be sexual and feel safe and enjoy it is like asking someone with two broken legs to run a marathon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They can't until those legs are healed. And so I really, really encourage you to release the shame. This isn't, I wouldn't call this sexual anxiety. This is trauma. Right. Yeah. And your body is like, no, doesn't know the difference between pain and pleasure. Being Mm -hmm. sexualized as a child and then also being Mm -hmm. physically abused on top of that is very confusing to the body because it mixes pain and pleasure. Yeah. And every time that you're sexual, the trauma gets activated. Yeah. So 
you know, it's probably not the most ideal time to be in a relationship, quite frankly. And it's going to require a lot of patience and understanding for him. And one thing I don't want you to do is put his sexual needs above your own health. Yeah. Because the more you engage in sexual acts that you are feeling anxious about or that you don't really want to do, it just is re-triggering the trauma over and over and over again. And when there's been any kind of sexual abuse or being sexualized as a child, there's a desensitivity to sex. So often the way that we cope with it is we just disconnect from the body and just check out. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so tell me, tell me what you learn and what you're feeling. Oh, well, this is, I, I've, usually I would go away and process this properly. Um, but, and this isn't a quiz. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, I have learned to put myself first, actually. Yeah. Um, Yourself and your own healing. Yeah. And reach out to older people. I didn't really think to do that, but that but makes you trust. sense to do. Yep. You need allies. Yes. You really need yeah. allies. Yeah. What else? Um, to love myself. <laughs> to get help. To get professional help. Yeah. Yes, get help. Both of us uh, are going to look for some things in Brisbane. And if there's any audience members listening, feel free to write me if you know of anything. And, you know, I just know that so many of this community listening to this podcast is is cheering you on and is sending you love and reminding you that you're not alone and this wasn't your fault. And <laughs> you've been through a lot, Bianca. You've been through a lot. And mm-hmm. now it's your time to heal. And the more you do that and the more you speak up and get help and have your boundaries in your own sex life, the more you're helping all the other survivors because this needs to be talked about. Yeah. It does. And awareness needs to be brought to it. And we need to all come together and help each other through this. And so just know, you know, even though I'm on the opposite side of the planet, um, you have me as an ally as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. <sighs> yeah. And how do you feel now? I feel right again and I feel really, really loved, actually. Yeah. You are really loved. <laughs> and there's, you know, no need to carry any shame about any of this. None of this was your fault. And the more you talk about this, reach out, get support, the more you bring that shame into the light. And that's a big part of the healing process as well. Yes. <laughs> I'm giving you a massive energetic hug. and Just telling that little girl and you that she's just absolutely perfect. Just as she is. She's not responsible for mom and dad. She's the, she's the child. They're the parents. None of it was her fault. And she deserves to be loved and healthy and free. Thank you. (laughs) So I so acknowledge Bianca for your courage, for being willing to share so openly, share publicly 
willing to talk about some of the things that were so, so hard for you to talk about. And this was a tough call for me because like I said in the intro, I felt like there was a lot more that happened in that home that Bianca remembers or can process or can handle right now. And my mama bear was really, really coming out. It does on a lot of these calls. And, you know, usually by the time someone gets to me, they've, they've done some trauma work, they've done some therapy work. But for Bianca, this was really, really fresh. You know, she said she talked to a couple therapists, but she didn't feel safe. So she didn't reveal that much. And so I kind of had to be mindful of my own mama bear and just focus on a few key things for her. Number one, most important, make her feel safe, make her feel heard and loved. I wanted to give her a reference point of talking about everything that's happened to her that was more positive, that she felt a sense of relief, that she's starting to realize, oh, taking the shame off of this and talking about this actually makes me feel better. I also wanted to help her realize that putting herself first was okay and super important and move away from trying to save or change her parents first. You know, I want to say this again, people that have been abused, especially by people they love and trust, like Bianca with her parents, are usually not quick to jump to anger. I'm sure many of you listening were so angry. <laughs> like, I can't believe, you know, when you heard the story about what the mom did at the 18-year-old's birthday, I'm sure you were just so mad or shocked or definitely had a reaction to it. And we have to put ourselves in the victim's shoes and realize they, they love these people. So expecting them to have the same reaction we do of anger and disgust and like, why don't you turn your parents in right now? They're awful people. They can't get there right away because they don't see them as awful people. They're their parents and they're in some ways still trying to get their love. So when we're working with people or talking to people that have been victims in any ways, we have to have compassion for that side of them that does love them and want to protect them. And often it takes some time to get to the anger and to get to the action because it's just so entangled and confusing for the victim. The other thing with Bianca that I wanted to make sure, well, two more key things were encourage her to get other people she trusted involved. I was hoping there were some people like older adults that she could really enroll. I was hoping for maybe a mentor or an uncle or somebody, but she, the only people she really mentioned were these, the, the couple in their thirties. And she said she trusts them and I trust her. And I hope that she gets them involved because she needs allies. She needs support. She needs people that she can really trust. And I also encouraged her to find professional support. And this is the most important aspect. And I say this to anyone who has endured trauma. It's not something you can navigate alone just through listening to a podcast or doing an online workshop or reading some books about it. Trauma really, you need a trauma-informed therapist and someone that you can work with. And so I sent Bianca a bunch of resources that I found in research and anybody that lives in Brisbane or that side of Australia, if you have some great resources, please send them along to me as well. So some takeaways for you. If you are a victim in any way, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual abuse, get help. Trauma isn't something that just heals on its own. It's not like a cut on your hand that just scabs over and then heals. Time does not heal all wounds, especially trauma. You heard how Bianca is now experiencing sexual anxiety because she's, it's like her body can't relax. She can't receive because she's been so traumatized in regard to her own body. 
She doesn't feel safe in there. So professional help is a requirement. And if you are someone that was activated by this show and this episode and you want to get involved, I'll list three resources that I like, and and there's so much out there. I don't want to overwhelm you. So definitely be your own researcher as well. I love our rescue that you can check them out online or on social media, our rescue.org, sharedhope.org and destinyrescue.org. And again, you do your own research as well, because this is something we are definitely all in together. Sending you so much love, hope, action, and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 